Welcome to Adaptation, the podcast that dives into all things self-optimization and self-discovery, helping you be your best inside and out. I'm your host, Steve Katazi, and today I'm joined by the longtime Adaptation friend and co-host, Bryn Jenkins, as we both reflect on 2019 and set the stage for an incredible 2020. But first things first... Merry Christmas! I'm perhaps a little optimistic you are listening to this on Christmas Eve, which is when we release. But if you are, good on you. As growth minds it for you. Um, I hope you have or had an amazing family-focused and rejuvenating few days off with great food, presence, laughter, connection, and time to reflect. You, we, have done it. 2019 is a wrap. Wow, what a year. I hope it was enjoyable, rewarding, and full of growth for you. I sincerely hope that 2020 takes life to an even higher level for you and that you have a plan in place to make that a reality. Well, this episode may act as some kind of powerful inspiration, or at least that's the hope. Through our honest reflections, exposure of our missteps, and our thoughtful view on what 2020 is about for us, there may just be some inspiration, encouragement, or ideas that get you off on the right foot for next year. And the way we break this episode down is effectively in three elements. In the first element, Bryn and I ask questions of each other to dig into and reflect on what goals were met that we'd set earlier in the year? What goals did we fall short of? And what surprise wins come away completely from left field in 2019? In the second element, we plan ahead with our individual big five themes of the year for us both, both being expressed. We declare them publicly so you can hold us both to account. I think that's really important. And then lastly, but not least, I have a very, very big announcement to make. The unique and life-transforming Be Your Best journey has launched. Yay! Oh my God, it has been so much hard work, but hopefully so worth it. And this is huge, guys. It's been two years in the making. For me to attempt to codify my life learnings and my obsession in this space into a service I wish I had years ago. A service that I will be gifting to my kids as soon as possible. And hopefully you are excited to learn more about this labor of love because I really do think there's potential for everyone to benefit from it. So you can expect me to cover the problem I'm trying to solve in this discussion, the challenges that I foresee in 2020, the need for better solutions and what the Be Your Best journey is and how it works. And I also call out the Be Your Best scorecard, which both Bryn and I have sat. We compared notes in terms of our individual scores. And this scorecard is step one to creating real measurable change in your life by measuring where you currently are objectively. Make sure to check it out and get yourself your free Be Your Best score. So all in, it's a really passionate and impactful episode, a celebration of life and an exciting glimpse into the future for us all. And if you want to learn more about the Be Your Best journey and the Be Your Best scorecard, which I hope you do, at least take a look then check out the podcast show notes where we have all the Adaptation links as well 
as a £10 off coupon code that will be available through Christmas and part of January 2020. Okay, so should we get into it? <laughs> I think so. Merry Christmas, everyone, and thank you for your generosity and support in 2019. It has been an absolute blast, and I'm so glad I've had this journey with you. Let's do this, guys, and Happy New Year. Adaptation. 2019, man. I can't believe how quick this time. So when you messaged me the other day saying about your um, uh, end of year body goals, when you set your goals, that was two years ago. Yeah, man. And that uh, freaked me out how quick that's gone. Yeah, tell me about it. It has gone so quickly, right? We were talking about the inception of Adaptation two years ago, like yeah. pretty much to the day, right? Yeah. I remember us having... A meal at the steakhouse and talking about, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could do something like this? And that's two years ago, man. Mm. And it's been a slog. Yeah. <laughs> it's been an absolute slog over the last two years. And things have gone a lot slower than I'd anticipated and a lot yeah. harder in some areas and fascinating in others. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's gone so quickly. But 2019 in particular feels like it's just rushed past. Yeah. And I suppose it's been a massive learning curve for you because it's been a big, a big change for you, lifestyle-wise. For me, a lot of things have happened. I've got married, had a baby. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been a big year Over for you, gym. right? Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lots, um, a lot's happened in well, just this year. Um, obviously having little Joshua, mm -hmm. so that's obviously changed a lot. So there's, how old is he? Um, so he's now just shy of five months. So, yeah. It's, um, it's an amazing, amazing experience being a yeah, parent, right? It, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Christmas. Uh, as we said off the mics, we were saying about obviously Josh isn't going to have a clue about Christmas. Um, but for us, it's going to be quite a nice time. And he's obviously like starting to look now at all the twinkly lights and the lights on the tree and stuff. So oh, it's, su it's such it's an amazing magical. time. As we were saying off the mics, between say like 13 years old, and when you have your first child, maybe when they're probably when they're like two or three is when the magic really kind of lights back up. So you go through this kind of dormant period between 13 and, you know, a couple of years into your first child where, you know, Christmas just becomes a little less interesting, a little lackluster because yeah. you've lost the magic. You realize that it comes back, I think, more when you're a parent and your kids really get yeah. it. It's like, wow, this is such a fun time. Stressful time, but fun yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is when he actually knows it's Christmas and it's all going to become magical and exciting. Yeah. And I guess we kind of relive that through him. Absolutely. So this is releasing. People are going to be listening to this on the 24th, so Christmas Eve or somewhat slightly later. Um, we're recording it a week before, so we're yeah. very close to Christmas already. And we're using this chat, I think, really to reflect on 2019. You've spoken about how how many big milestones have been achieved this year. And I think that's amazing, man. You've mm. had a fantastic year, you know, from a family perspective, from a business perspective, from a personal growth perspective. You know, you were over in, you know, Los Angeles just only a month or so ago. Not, uh, uh, California. California, yeah. sorry. Um, you've done you've achieved a lot. Mm. Talk to me a little bit about that. Let's let's spend a bit of time talking about how, you know, our reflections of 2019. What has what goals did you set that you've met, would you say? Well, first of all, I a lot of the goals went out the window when I had Josh. Um, 
but but some of them I managed to stick to. Now, one of the big ones for me was, so I often feel like I need permission from other people to do things. And I remember last year saying to myself, wait, I'm just, if, if I want to do something, I'm just going to do it. And I'm not going to wait until I have like um, permission or that acceptance. Mm-hmm. If I want to do it, I'm just going to go and do it. And I've tried to live by that. And actually this year I've managed to stick by that. And that's one of the, the, the key things that I've worked on. Another one for me that's been great now has been, I, I quite often rush things. So if I'm going to set, so one of the goals, this was a goal and it was how I set goals, right? So I would typically set a goal and I'll rush the goal and I'll try and get to the the end of that goal and achieve it and kind of tick it. Whereas my goal last year was to go, when I set a new goal for myself, I need to make sure I slow down, prepare for it properly and do it correctly and actually see it through and mm-hmm. and, and really focus on the process. Because for me, I would often, I would do a half-assed job. So I've gone, okay, I'm actually going to step back. I'm going to understand what I'm doing. So one of the examples would be like taking creatine. Okay, I'm going to take creatine every day. Um, but then I wouldn't necessarily read into the benefits of creatine, how I should do it, like loading. Um, I might I might take it intermittently and miss days. Whereas now it's like, no, if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to, if I'm going to say I'm going to take creatine every day, I'm going to take it every day. And I'm going to make sure I read into it and study it and make sure exactly I know exactly why I'm taking it. Um and that's something I've lived by this year, which is something I'm still doing to this day, which has made a massive difference um, in terms of just like my health, well-being, strength, um, financial. So financially for me, um, it's been a really good year. Um, that's another goal that I set was to save a certain amount of money and invest a certain amount. And I've managed to get there. Excellent. Well done, man. But the way I've done that again was slowing down and actually figuring it out, like breaking down my income, making sure, I mean, Lisa's obviously, um, I say obviously, but Lisa's helped me, um, in the background. She does a lot of the like spreadsheets and stuff that I don't typically do. Um, so she had an idea of what what we needed to pay out and bills and stuff like that. But for me, it was about savings and investing. So I had to actually sit down and break down Mm. everything and go, okay, what am I actually going to put aside? What can I spend um, every month? How much am I going to invest? Where's the best place to invest? Um, How will I not get taxed on it? So I had to look at everything and I did that. And it means that now um, financially, I'm much more secure, but that's because I've done it properly and I took my time rather than just kind of half ask going, I'm just going to start saving some money and kind of leaving it to a bit of guesswork. Nice. So these are, these goals are are less, um, they're less objective-based and they're yeah. more process-based, like yeah. the way in which you behave uh, and interact with goal setting and your kind of mindset a little bit and how, the approach you take. Um, so it's approach-based stuff. But mm. you feel that, you know, the expectation you set of yourself, you know, you're on the path to... One means you know achieving that expectation and mm-hmm. developing that skill over time versus having an idea yeah. of this is how I should behave and come October, November, December, it's just a distant, distant idea. But it sounds like you followed through this year. And that's brilliant because that's that creates a, 
a uh, self-perpetuating level of confidence in your self-identity. Because when you say you're going to do something and then you don't, you have the internal story that you're a letdown, that you're a failure, mm -hmm. that you can't commit to your values. Because you obviously set a value-based goal. Like, this is the person I want to be. This is the identity I want to have. This is how I want to operate in life. And if you don't stick to those goals that you thought clearly about in, you know, a, you know, the clear headedness of, you know, you know, this time last year, if you don't stick to it, it just, it's a, it's a strike on your name that you hold internally yeah. of like, I just can't commit to goals. Mm. I can't commit to the things I say that I should do. And the fact that you've kind of maintained and, and met that expectation, I think that's really powerful, man, because that, that has a compounding effect year on year. When you prove to yourself that you are the person that you want to be and you're meeting or exceeding the value value system that you believe is the right way to operate as Bryn Jenkins. Yeah, and, and that's something that I, to begin with, struggled with going, how do I quantify this? Like, how do I put a number on it? How do I know if I've achieved it? And I was like, it's more, as you say, like a more value-based uh, goal. It's more, who do I want to be as a person? Yeah. I've always struggled with that question because I've never known the answer, but actually it's like okay well what, what, what do i want to hold myself to what do i want to hold myself accountable to and these were some of the the key things for me Lovely. um so Any, anything else on your kind of like met list of things that you had set publicly or privately that you've done a good job of keeping to i, I mean i've uh, one of the key goals i wanted to get to was to sit at 70 kilograms um body weight mm -hmm. um and hold around about 12% body fat because typically for me, I will sit around about 12% body fat without trying. Um, that's kind of there or thereabouts for my natural um, body fat percentage. But I will naturally also sit about 65 to 68 kilograms. So I was like, I'm just going to get up to 70 kilograms and get down to 12% body fat. And if I can be there, then obviously once I hit that goal, then I'm going to move on beyond that. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, to let you know where I'm currently at. So I started working up towards 70 kilograms um, and I increased my body fat percentage and it went up and it crept up. So I increased my body weight, I increased muscle mass, but also obviously body fat percentage went up with that as well. And uh, I'm currently sitting just shy of 70 kilograms. So I'm 69.8 kilograms. Mm -hmm. Um but I'm also sitting around about 15% body fat, which is really? actually the highest I've ever been. I can't see that. Yeah, I'm a little bit fluffy at the moment. Oh, okay. But that's only been in the last um, couple of weeks, but I have ramped up my calories. Yeah, okay. Much more consistent with my calories. Yeah, you, you struggle with that. So, you, yeah, at the, I think our conversation at the beginning of the year um, was about me not hitting my calories and struggling to do that. Much better at that now. Nice. Um, so I seem to be doing that more consistently. So I've kind of accepted that I've put on body fat, but I've also getting towards my target weight and putting on muscle. Um, I didn't get it by the end of the year, but that's fine. I'm going to get up to 70. And then my goal for next year will be then jumping up and moving more towards 75. Okay. I haven't got a specific number on that. I just know that's kind of my North Star and I want to head up towards 75 nice. kilograms. Um so yeah, that's kind of the direction I want to move into. Lovely, and again, man. Try and keep me down. Talk about talk about your misses. We're gonna, we're going to do a shit sandwich, right? We're gonna we're gonna go to the misses, and then yeah. I'd love to hear if there are any surprise kind of successes that you didn't anticipate. So, 
what had you expected from yourself where it just hasn't happened? Well, for me, um, I mean, because it, it was a busy year, starting opening a gym, um, having a baby, things have just been out kilter. And the, the one of the big things that's taken a hit was seeing friends and family. So every year I always want to, to make more time and more quality time to see friends and see family mm -hmm. because it's good for your health and well-being and it just genuinely makes me happy and I just want to work on relationships a little bit more. That's definitely fallen short because I just haven't, haven't had, had time. enough time. I've, yeah. My head's just been elsewhere. Yeah. So that's definitely an area of my life that I would like to improve. Um, and yeah, So you kind of fell below what you anticipated you could manage and maintain in terms of friendships this year. They've yeah. dropped off of the, the radar a little bit and yeah. slightly disappointing. Like you want to do more. You you, you want to show up more as a friend. Yeah, I, okay. I've missed a lot of occasions and haven't okay. been around as much as I normally would be. Um, so that's definitely falling short. Um, another goal that I had that, that I didn't manage to to work towards was being a little bit more um uh, being a bit more consistent on the social media side of things for me um i wanted to put a little bit more content out there help more people um share my ideas be a little bit more creative mm -hmm. but i've that's something that's actually fallen by the wayside and i've really not focused on social media at all again i've got a lot going on that's fine um but that is something, again, that I'd quite like to work on. And that was one of the aims for uh, 2019, which definitely hasn't been met. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just something that I'm going to start looking towards. And hopefully, I mean, part of reflection is looking back and wondering why you didn't, why you weren't around in terms of being there for your friends and family or why I didn't manage to um, increase my productivity on social media there's certain things that I can diagnose and see and I'm going to try and correct that for next year. Absolutely. I think that's that's the biggest part of reflecting on your missus. Isn't, isn't uh, you know, cry for spilt milk. This isn't about being woe is me. This mm. is really about going, well, I set a goal and I hadn't achieved, achieved it for whatever reason. Or I, I'm below my expectations. Were my expectations wrong? Do I not value that goal anymore? And that's completely fair, right? You could set a goal around your body weight and then get to the end of the year and have not achieved it and go, you know what? I actually don't really care about that. Mm. Thought I cared about it. Yeah. I don't now. And that's absolutely fine. We can change our needs and expectations, our value system. Or you could say, I really did care about that, but it wasn't as high a priority as the other things I cared about. Yeah. And that could be a valid answer too. Or you could say, actually, I could have done more. I could have done more and chose not to because I, I dropped the priority too low I thought I'd get to it another month, another month, another month down the road. And I just kept punting it when I could have taken ownership, but I didn't. I mean, whatever the answer is, it's being honest with yourself and understanding yeah. what that answer is and whether it, it still matters. And if it does, how are you going to change that if you care? I, I, I like those. I like those. Yeah. Is there anything else on that? Uh, no, that was those were the two kind of main key ones. But the one that I really care about is my friends and family. Yeah. Um, the social media is one of the ones that I, I kind of put to the side. Because, because it can we, be, it can be so, it can be so gut wrenching at times, right? It can yeah. feel like it's so unproductive, and yeah. sometimes you can put a lot of effort in and get fuck all back. And I know that feeling. So it's 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 this double edged sword between I know I need to do it, and quite often it's it's more of a it takes more than it gives. Yeah. How do I find a way to use it in a way which adds value to others and adds value to me, as opposed to being this thing that consumes me yeah. and makes away. me less happy? 
That's a difficult one. Because one of the main things this year that I've really, really, really um, started to make an appreciation for is, is time. Like time is so much more precious for me now that I don't want to waste it on things that aren't really going to give me a return. Whether that's happiness that's or fair. financial or or it doesn't it doesn't have to be a selfish call. It could be selfless. It could be something that you know, and that's where I, I think I still want to do it because it's like, okay, I want to help other people. Um, but I don't feel I'm at that point yet. So yeah. it's just and, about and there's, you know, the whole creative process around social media can take a lot of time. Creating videos, yep. creating graphics, um, getting it to the right audience, getting the tone right. It it, it looks easy for mm-hmm. consumers for producers of content where they actually want to make a difference, where the inf- there's information and there's value, there's education, there's inspiration. Yep. It isn't as easy as, as it looks, especially if you've got other commitments. Yep. If you've got a job and you've got you know family and you've got other things, like squeezing that in, if it's not your full-time job, can be a bit of a burden. I've definitely yeah. felt that. Okay. And then any surprises, Bryn? Any, like, wow, that, you know, I got a strike, I got a good bit of luck that hit me or something I hadn't anticipated happened, you know, that I'm going to chalk that as a success even though I hadn't planned for it. No things that really kind of sprung up on me and that was a surprise, but more so going back to, because I touched on it earlier about my finances, um, one of the things I've always struggled with is believing that I can be financially secure I'm not saying I'm in a position where I can sit back by any means, but I've changed my mindset and perception and and understanding of of money, um, what it can bring and and how it works, and that you can get to a position that you want to if you just work for it. It's just a matter of a, it's just a process, right? Mm. Um, because I I grew up with little money, and I've just believed that money is scarce, scarce and. Yeah. You can't say and lots of emotional attachment to it as well, right? Uh, massively. So yeah. it's been kind of a, a massive win for me to get beyond this point and go, huh, I actually can save money. Um, and, and actually this can bring me a bit of freedom. Um, and it can allow me to do certain things where I don't have to necessarily make my decisions based off finances, but I can make the decisions based off of my want. And I can say yes or no, if I want to not, mm, can I afford it? Um, I'm not that extravagant anyway. Um, I don't spend a lot of money, but it's just nice to be in that position. I, I totally agree, man. I think I've, I think our relationship with money is complex, right? Because yeah. it has been part of our society, whether it be IOUs back way back when yeah. through to obviously, you know, our, our very capitalist uh, society that we live in today. But money is so important for us, right? Because it does bring freedom. It does bring opportunity. And it does bring security. And, you know, wouldn't it be a great world if you didn't have to care about money and you got everything you want? Well, I'm sorry, that seldom is that really the case. We have to operate within the constraints of you need money to live and you need money to live well and you live you need money to give, mm-hmm. right? Not in all cases. You can give time and energy, but money also has, you know makes the world go round. So you can't ignore it. Mm. But having a relationship with it, which is healthy, where you're non-emotional about the money, you see it as a resource, you know how to create that resource. And then you get to a point where you've got enough resource where you don't don't have to obsess about it anymore. And you can focus about the productivity of that money. Like, how do I put it to use? And how do I not be wasteful with it? Mm. Now I've got the money, I don't want to just waste it on stuff that frivolously buy something that doesn't add value to our lives, doesn't make me happy beyond five minutes of just that kind of feel-good factor of immediately buying something. Like, 
Be more conscientious with your spend. Yeah. Be less wasteful. But when you've got enough, you stop obsessing about it. It's an amazing thing. Like wealthy people, this isn't a universal law. Quite often, though, wealthy people that have enough money to you know get through five, six years without earning anything else, plus, they typically obsess about money less. Yeah. Because they know how to make it. Yeah. They know they've got enough and they can focus about what they want their life to be. And hey, if you need to spend money Providing to get value. that, they do it. But they don't worry about that the the spending of the money or the creating of the money because they've they've got a good relationship with it. And it sounds like that's the journey you're moving towards. Yeah, and, and that that I guess is kind of a, a win or and a surprise for me because it was a bit like, oh, oh like I, I kind of planned for it. But at the same the time, I was is, a little bit wow. surprised by how I felt um, by it, which was great. And one of the things that I did, one of the um, tasks that I set myself was to write down a list of the things that make me happy and and to figure out what costs money and how much it costs. Okay. So Sounds like I, great. I put that list down. You know, <laughs> pretty much everything I put other than going for coffee was, was free. So it was... Really? It was having physical freedom and the gym and being able to move and use my body, uh, going for a walk and being out in nature. It was going for a coffee with Lisa. It was just little things like that where I was like, you know what? Mm. Like really by the basic needs, like water and food and things that you have to pay for the, the stuff that makes me happy. I don't have to pay for like, as long as I'm safe and warm, having and good got, food, you have like, to pay for. That's what I mean. Like that, that stuff yeah. you have to pay for. Um, but, but as long as I've got all that, then just my, I'm talking about like pure happiness, like yeah. things I just enjoy. Really, it does, I don't need much money. I That's just a need money for basic things like uh, my house, food, um, and just make sure that you're, you're safe. At um, some point, you're going to need a new car. At some point, you might move house. Yeah. At some point, you might need to fund schooling. Like, there's going to be demands in your life next year and the year after that are mm. chunky moments of spend. Um, I guess the place that it sounds like you're moving towards is disconnecting with this idea that if I have that thing, life will be so much better. Yeah. yeah. Getting that new car is going to make you feel good in the research, the looking around, the making the decision, the arrival of the new yeah. car, the new car smell, the first five drives, and then it goes. I know that feeling. Mm. We bought a new car this year, and it it didn't even it didn't even show up on my radar of happiness but i knew it wouldn't yeah we bought it because we needed it mm -hmm. but i knew it wasn't going to make me happier and it didn't now that wasn't me just trying to say i ain't going to be happy it was just like I, it, it doesn't materially move the needle for me mm -hmm. um and i think understanding that mm. so then you can prioritize your money where you know it does have Massive. a bigger impact that's that's cool Massively. So it's like it, I, I now see money as a gun and I point that gun at where I, I feel I need to and then I'll pull the trigger yeah. rather than doing that. So working my ass off to get a new car that I think will make me happy and then it doesn't. So it's like, okay, well, actually I can spend less on my car. I can get a car that's not quite as nice, but it's reliable. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, now move on. And then I can then rather than looking Love for that. the nicest, flashiest thing. Um, another one for me this year was seeing a vision turn into reality so the gym that we opened was an empty car sales room mm -hmm. and um myself and rich were in there we we're planning it looking at it ordering kit kind of visualizing how it'd be it had a, a dirty oily um uh, like tiled floor dirty walls it 
and now it's transformed into this beautiful gym. It's got lovely flooring, good equipment. It's functioning. It's growing. People like it. People like it. It's exactly Changing what we lives. set it out to be. Yeah. And yeah. I've never um, seen that firsthand. And now and I owned have. It. And, 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 you, and it's, yeah. your, it's your transformation. Yeah. You created that. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, I mean, and I mean, Rich has done a lot of the, because he's, he's a majority holder. He's done a lot of the kind of the background work. Um, but for me, sort of front of house to be involved and getting it all sorted and being part of the process of building it and seeing um, the value that it's giving people and, and how it is flourishing. Mm. That must for make me, you feel really good, man. Yeah, feel really good. And just like, wow, it, it's same with the money. Like, wow, like it's just a process. What I'm, what I might be hearing, tell me if I'm wrong, is mm-hmm. that you had a hope, you had an expectation of I'm going to invest in this business. I'm mm-hmm. going to invest my, you know, my mind, body, and soul, my money yeah. into this. It's a risk, right? You know, there could be planning disapproval. People might not like it. We might not get the members that we're after. All this shit could go wrong. Plus, you know, we're looking at this box that doesn't look like anything, and we need to transform it into a place that people want to be. And over twelve months, it sounds like you you wanted it to look a certain way but there was a little bit of doubt yeah and you've achieved maybe more than what you expected you could achieve within 12 months like wow we've created something that feels good and that's lovely when you kind of go beyond what you think you can achieve mm-hmm. or there's doubt and you overcome that doubt and go where i thought there was risk we've we, we've navigated the risk and we've created something that we love yeah and that that i think was where i was like oh okay we can do it um, because it, like you said, there's always that voice in your head saying, oh, it sounds too good tr- to be true. Yeah, will yeah. it actually work? And it's like, yeah, actually it will. Cause if you plan for it and you work hard, there's no way it will fail. Um, there's just road, there's just road bumps. And, and it was a bumpy, bumpy ride along this, this past year. And there's going to, there's going to be bumps along the road next be, year. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's inevitable and it's going to happen, but you know what? Like you can still move forwards. That's cool, and that, man. that that's going to be the massive learning. So I guess the the theme for me is kind of like it all kind of ties into the same mindset, doesn't it? Where it's like oh, I can do this, and self belief, self worth. Mm. Um, that's going to really compound into next year, right? You've got momentum. Yeah. yeah. You've got mental momentum, and you've got financial momentum, and you've got Massively. physical momentum, and you've got happiness momentum. It's mm. like wow, if you can maintain that, mm-hmm. now there's going to be some there's going to be some side swipes, <laughs> there's going to be some curveballs, there's going to be some bumps in a road that you don't anticipate. There's going to be things that throw you off course. Yeah. But you've got momentum because you've proved to yourself that this year, a foundational year for you in so many regards. Hey, whether you call it knocked out of the park, met your expectations or surprised you in a positive way, however you want to frame it, it's been a good year. Yeah. That's Can awesome. ask for more. So how about you? How about me? Should we follow the same format? Yep. Yep. Um, so what have I met? So I'd say from a health perspective, like I'm on it, all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not in an orthorexic or overly obsessive way. Uh, I think my balance around the desire to have great wellness, whilst understanding wellness is, you know, mind, body, and soul. It is the nourishment. It is the way I look after my body. It is what I eat. It's how I interact with my family. From a health perspective, really satisfied with, you know, how little I've I've fallen ill. General level of, yeah, wellness. I'd say I'm all over that. I'm I'm hitting a high score, should we say. Um, physique, really satisfied with that. My two-year body goal. Um, I hit many of the metrics. Mm-hmm. Physically, 
I'm 90 to 95% where I wanted to be. So I'm really chuffed about that. Some of the metrics, some of like the GERF measurements, I hadn't hit. Upon re- reflection, they weren't necessarily aligned to the aesthetic I was looking for. A little bit bigger than actually I expected I needed. Where I'm sitting right now, I'm pretty happy. So I'd say I, I'm there or thereabouts. I hit that goal of what I wanted to look like. And I was very specific. But there are elements of how I set that physique goal that either were mis- misinformed mm-hmm. or overly ambitious. And all that has fueled me to think about is, okay, I, I still care for those goals. But hey, it's a process. But really satisfied with my photo shoot last week, you know, how it came across. Um, you know, general, how I feel, how I'm performing. Yep. Really chuffed with the, you know, the physique goal. And it was an important goal for me, not because I'm wrapped up in how I look. It's important for my business that I say I can walk the walk you know, um, book the talk that I not only know what to do, but I can show you I can do it. And um, that means a lot for me. It means a lot for me. And I, I drive a lot of momentum in my life through going into going to the gym, rain or shine, performing, improving, progressing, and showing to myself and others that, you know, through hard work and determination, you can create what you want. So it metaphorically, my physique goal has meant a lot to me. And I'm really satisfied with that. And then Make sure I don't lose it and build upon mm-hmm. it next year. But that's that's a win. Um, family wellness has been massive for me. I I think we've we've uh, prioritised this, but way beyond what you hear and what you think of wellness. So when you think wellness, you think okay, are the kids moving around and are they eating reasonably well? For me, it was much more than that. It was move the way you want to move in activities that really fuel you, fuel you and excite you. Eat not just well, eat for thriving. Like, mm-hmm. I want to give my kids the nourishment at this point, which is so critical in their development. I want to give them the food that just pops them, just the, gives them the mental clarity, mental focus, gives them the, you know, the balance of emotions, gives them the opportunity to perform well physically. Uh, that was really important. And then on the mental side, I wanted to make sure that we have enough conversation with our kids as they're going through their own struggles, whether it be friendships at school, whether it be just personal emotions around how they're feeling, anxiety, vulnerability, all that kind of stuff. And I feel that whilst I've been very consumed at work, me and Michelle had so many fascinating conversations one-to-one and then with the kids and how we've interacted with them, how we've chosen nourishment for them, how we've made sure that they you know, physically performing. It's been great. I've seen my kids flourish this year mm-hmm. and it's a result of our <clears throat> commitment to all those things I've just said. So I feel that we've we've nailed that. It was an expectation and it's it's it, I think we've exceeded that. And and would you say that's partly uh that is down to why Holly's done so well with her swimming as well because I know she's been doing really well which you've shared on on social yeah, media. Yeah, so that that's actually one of my surprise ones. <laughs> I am I'm pleasantly surprised with just how high a performer she is. She's not, you know, slamming down glucose supplements. She's not, we're not, we're not, you know, doing the typical athletic diet of like high carb. We, uh, she's not training excessively. She's training a lot, you know, much more than, you know, the average kid. She's, she's moving around a lot. She's exercising a lot. She's in the uh, swimming pools a lot. But her performance is like top percentile. I mean, incredible performance this year, breaking records left and right. Um, she's a shining star, a up-and-comer in her squad. She's going to counties at the beginning of January. I just keep looking at her family, her granddad, Shell's dad. He's just 
keeps crying every really? time he sees it because it's like, wow, someone in our they family can. is killing it. Like, mm. I mean, she has the potential if she stays with it and growth spurts don't mess up her performance but improve her performance, she could she could do incredibly well. And that's exciting. The female Michael Phelps. Well, I keep I keep I keep get I listen I have a listen to Michael Phelps on podcasts. Yep. I, I give her little anecdotes of like the kind of struggles he went through and we're continuously giving her uh, encouragement mentally, physically. We're, get, we're overcoming her anxieties of race day. She can feel really anxious. There's a lot of times she cries because she doesn't want to do it. She does it and feels amazing. I'm like, there you go. Don't worry about failure. Failure is just a lesson. Like We need you to fail so you know how to fail so then you can succeed. Yeah. And I feel that journey that we've gone on with our kids mentally, emotionally, psychologically, from a nourishment perspective, it's been, it's and, been and and do you feel there's been a clear barrier with not being an overbearing parent and and kind of more coming from an educational standpoint? We're not just with the swim, but with all of this. Like, yeah, all the I, I, I think we're doing a good job. I think we're doing a good job. Well, ne- next year though, that's a good point. I'd say a sub goal and a line goal to that, and it's something we've spoken about is um, autonomy. So I had a conversation with a guy called Nir Ewell um, who wrote a book called Indistractable. Mm. And it's really around, yeah, getting shit done in life and, you know, mental clarity and happiness uh, in a world where there's lots of distraction. And he talks about the three psychological nutrients that kids need in particular, but all of us, which is autonomy, relatedness, and competency. So can they do things competently well without being told they their, their shit like with standardized tests which they fail at or you know parents and teachers kept saying they're not good enough can they have time for free play and connection with their with their friends by themselves with their family but not in a you know telling you what to do way just freedom and do they have autonomy to be able to make their own decisions and uh, do the things they want without that pressure of uh, society or their parents or their coaches or their teachers saying how they should do everything. Because I do think, you know, other than being in prison, you know, our kids have this, uh, just as much imposed criteria and rules on them. So for next year, a big part of us is, okay, how do we, we are not overbearing and we're trying to make this about them and their journey. How can we put it on am- them a bit more? How can we amplify that and say, these are your decisions. <clears throat> Th- this is your life. We're giving you the information. It's up to you how you want to live that. And I think Holly's ready for that kind of conversation. Kira still needs, you know, still needs more parenting from us. But that's yeah. natural. She's only six. She's younger. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, anything else? Um, the only other thing on the kind of Met side is uh, I set a goal to systematize my business more. And I, I believe that is way on its way. Everything I'm doing has a structure, as a process. Um, and it's the first step towards outsourcing that was important to me, which is create systems that take me out of the picture. You know, create a product that doesn't require me to be there all the time because I want a scalable business. And the only way to do that is for me not to be the bottleneck in everything, uh, especially if I'm engaging with customers. How can customers get the value from me without me being in the way mm-hmm. of, you know, my schedule slowing you down? And I've done so much around systems, the technology that I've involved myself in this year from um, process automation, you know, email automation, general workflow, cleanup, just efficiency of everything that I touch. I I feel that I'm 
way on the way towards making things as efficient, effective, and automated as possible. So that feels like a win. However, shit sandwich, things that I've missed, and there's been quite a few, I'll go through them super quick. I haven't hit my balance expectation. I know we we speak about how balance really doesn't exist and you know the pendulum swings from left to right, from one focus to the next. And that absolutely has been 2019. I half anticipated that, mm-hmm. but I did not anticipate just how demanding the 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 run-up towards monetizing this business would be. I just had not anticipated how much work was on me. And considering it's only me, with some help from my wife, it's been incredibly hard and I have had to forego some of the lifestyle balance that I would assume I would have as a self-employed work-from-home individual. It hasn't felt that easy. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a miss. Um, contentment, I'd say, you know, we, 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 we continue to run our awesome jar. We've got like the awesome jar just full of notes and we're going to open it up on New Year's day and it's just gonna it's gonna be amazing to go through all these things that we were grateful for happy about throughout the year all the kids the kids have done it i've done it michelle's done it um so there's been lots of happy moments amazing moments through the business through family achievement personally just good moments things that are probably quite easy to forget and miss absolutely you look back on them exactly that's why we've done it but honestly i'd say i've I've not managed my mental happiness enough because I'm so future oriented and I'm so focused about what needs to be done. A common theme, a common problem for me is allowing myself to enjoy the moment and be grateful, truly grateful for everything that is currently in place. That I'm, mm. you know, whether it be the struggle or whether it be the happiness, whether it be all the things that we've got going well, I I haven't done a good enough job. And what that means is there have been lots of times where I've just been a bit flat. But I've known it. I've known that it was just me not being grateful. Um, but nonetheless, they happen. So therefore, that's a miss. And then the last one, I'm moving through it a little bit quicker just so we can um, we can get through. Um, oh, what else did I put here? Yeah, the, the product took a hell of a lot longer. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But the product to monetize uh, Adam Nation took so much longer. It only released like last week. And uh, I thought I'd get it done at least in June. So <laughs> a lot longer than I expected. Um, some growth metrics around the business are not where I wanted them to be, um, really around monetization. And that's because the product you know, had one way to monetize the business and the product released at the end of the year. So definitely missed on that. Uh, and then I expected to outsource some of the business stuff so I can uh, start to take off some of the things that are such big time sinks. And uh, we haven't done that. Uh, and there's reasons for it, but it's a miss. So then on the surprise stuff, should we hit yeah. that quickly? Um I would say this has been the best one and this has been about adaptation and the interview. So, you know, you don't know what you don't know and you kind of, you get at any point in life, you can reflect and say, I kind of, I kind of know what I need to know. Yeah. And especially if you obsess about my subjects as much as I do, like, you know, the whole space of self-optimization, self-discovery and, you know, being your best. So I would have gone into January, 2020, uh, 2019 going, kind of know what I'm doing here. And, conversations are going to be a repeat of subjects that and just rehashes i've hardly had any rehash conversations at all in a whole year and i've you know almost all of this year has been interviews mm-hmm. i've i've met some incredible individuals you've had some incredibly um interesting conversations 
what would you say is the best one you've had? Oh, don't don't put it on me. I, I need to reflect on that because <laughs> there's been so many. But um, you know, in part it's my comfort yeah. with asking questions and feeling comfortable with the process. Part of it is building up the the business such that people want to be on there. Um, but it's mostly about the guests. You know, I, I re, the recency phenom- phenomenon is going to come into play here. The most recent one that released the week before last was phenomenal. It was with a guy called Dr. Bill Schindler, and it was about evolution. It was about human evolution. And he basically mapped out our ev- evolutionary tree and told us what the diet was that helped us thrive from, you know, basically chimp-like beings to the dominant species in the world today. And he's, he maps everything out in terms of how that happened and those epiphany moments in human evolution where things changed forever. And it was fascinating. So that was fascinating. I've had great conversations with Christian Thibodeau around, you know, neurotransmitters and training. And that really changed the game for me. Yeah. Um, indistractable with Nir. That was really interesting. I, I, we could just go for it. Brett Contreras, spoken to him. Um Nick Litterhall's on sleep. I mean, there's just been phenomenal people week after week after week. And I've learned so much about me, about nutrition, about mindset, about exercise, just life generally. And it's been so enlightening, so encouraging to know that there are so many amazing minds out there Mm. with their own specialism and their own focus. And hey, we're always learning. And I'm, I'm a learner. And I always know that I'm a lifelong learner. I just didn't anticipate how much newness I would learn this year. Yeah. And that's been a huge surprise. I always feel that the interviewer that's leading a conversation is extremely lucky to be having that conversation. Oh. Um, I look at, say, Brian Rose from London Real. I listen to his podcast and the conversations he gets to have. I'm just like, that's amazing. You benefit from hearing it, but he gets the direct benefit because he's asking the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, those conversations that you just have and it just, they make you feel amazing. Yeah. Um, That's just, must be an amazing experience to have. It it has been. Time after time. And then on top of that, you're you're developing friendships. Yeah. Friendships and relationships. You know, some, some of the guests, we probably won't interact with much afterwards just because it was a bit more transactional for no fault of either of us. But, you know, we're both busy and... It was more just a an interview, one and done. And then there are some people that I've connected with. Where I feel like you know what we're we're going to stay in touch. Like yeah. Paul Saladino and Brian Sanders and Danny Vega, Christian Thibodeau, you know, Christian Thibodeau, Paul Carter. Like I know yeah. I can connect with these people ongoing. That's really exciting. So yeah, that's been a huge surprise. Um, the product that we've created is ten times better than I thought it would be. It's it's evolved to become something that i'm so excited about so that that's been a huge surprise um holly's performance as we said and um yeah i think the podcast growth generally and the website its development and the interest it's receiving um whilst i expected big things it was a bit hopeful and i'm really satisfied with where where, where i've landed at the end of the year could always want more could always want more reach and more people to know about this business but it's tracking really nicely um the podcast when it has grown like uh 20 fold mm-hmm. in terms of listenership in the course of a year and um i generally podcast compound growth you know because more listeners yep. more listens and then more, more shares and it just it keeps growing so really excited where that's going so yeah i would say there's been some really happy moments this year um there's been some key expert expectations met but it has had a tone of 
missed expectation to. Yeah. So tell me about 2020 then. So do you have some themes of 2020 that are going to be your North Star? The things that you're going to try and hold yourself accountable to, both publicly on on the mics and generally throughout the year. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of touched on the my physical one, which was trying to get my body weight over 70 kilograms. Um, so that for me is going to be one where I get over 70 kilograms. I will be bringing my body fat percentages down. Um, so I ultimately I would like to get to 75 kilograms, but I don't know how quick I'll do that. I don't know if I'll manage that next year. However, I do want to be north of 70 kilograms um, and bring my body fat percentage back down to 12%. I'm not too fussed about getting lower than that at the moment. That might change as I get there. But for me, I'm quite happy at 12% body fat. Yeah. I don't have to change too much with my lifestyle. Um, and yeah, like I said, um, get to 75 eventually. Then I want to get all my lifts over 100 kilograms um, because at the moment I am um, I am just under 70 kilograms. So my lifts, I've not really focused on strength this year. I've focused more on performance. And my conditioning, my physical condition has increased massively, but my strength has only gone up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas my next focus now is is going to be more um, uh, leaning towards building my strength, get all my lifts over 100 kilograms for five reps. I quite like to test my five rep max, mm-hmm. not my one rep max. So I like to get all my lifts over 100 kilograms for five Decent, reps. My yeah. bench press has always been my weakest. I was going to say that that that's probably the the most audacious. So I can see you doing. You must do deadlift at 100k already. You must. Oh yeah. So it, it's yeah. So I want to get all my lifts over 100. Right, so you're already, already doing. You're already have, doing over 100k on your deadlift. Yeah. So Squatting, I are you over, over I want to get so on my deadlift. I for about five reps, I'm looking at about 140. I can do 150, but I. So break that down. one's already nailed. So my, my squats goal, already nailed. Yeah. So well, my deadlift goal is 150 for five reps. Okay. Really good for my squat. Uh, is I can do over 100 kilograms. However, when I do five reps, my it form goes typically goes to shit. So I want to get that over 100 kilograms. Currently, I can squat about 90 kilograms for well, five reps. Yeah. On a good day, I I, I have pushed up to 100 kilograms for five reps. But my aim is to get that over and yeah. my bench press. What's that, 70, 80 at a minute? 70, 80, yeah. yeah so 70, that, that's, 80 that's, a, that's a big goal. So my bench 100, press is... 100K, 5 rep, 100K. Yeah. I mean, I am, I'm not too far off of that. If I'm honest, you know, I do about 110, 115 for mm-hmm. three to four. So yeah. I think that's a big goal. Yeah. And you're going to have, have great chest. some mass chest. behind me. <laughs> mass, mass moves mass, right? Um, so my, uh, my action plan on that, I've... Um, just started the MAPS powerlift program from the Mind Pump guys. Okay. I don't know if you've um, heard about the program that they've released. I have ben Pollock. Oh, no, I've, so, I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. But um, Yeah, I think, I think it's Ben Pollock. He's a powerlifter. Yeah, so I've um, I've invested in that program, 11-week program. Yeah. Uh, this week is the first week of starting. I was going to start it in January, and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to wait until tomorrow. I'm just, I'm going to start now. Um, but this is kind of going to bleed into next year. So start put you in that, the right direction. Put me in the I right like direction. That. So I'm going to do that. That's going to be an 11 week program. Um, I started loading my creatine. I started taking that um, last month. I've been taking that every day, being consistent, taking my multivitamins, my vitamin D. Um, I've got my calories up. So everything's moving in the right direction Good. now. 
so going into 2020 strong. Um, so that's my goals for kind of my body so weight. You've got a physique and, goal and you've got a strength, and goal. strength any, goal. Any any other um, things? One that's less uh, quantify, like you can't really quantify, but it's again more value based. Um, is more around leadership and trying to build credibility and self worth and feeling a little bit more confident with leading other coaches. Because now part of my role is I've got two coaches at our gym that I now um, do a lot of work with. So I work on CPD. So every week we'll work on something new, whether it's programming, nutrition, communication. Um, so I just want to become a better leader and, and a bet better mentor. And just learning the inner workings of that. Yeah, it is, it is leadership is a is a is a tough skill to develop and yeah. master. So, and you need to commit to it. And the fact you're setting a goal is important because it's a yeah. It's there's a finesse to leading people. Yeah. And I would say I don't I don't I haven't nailed that. Absolutely not. But I know people in my life. When you see great leaders, the impact they have on you emotionally. And from a performance standpoint, is huge. So yeah, it take it takes a lifetime to develop a yeah an amazing leader, but you have to commit to it. Yeah. Step one is saying it's important. Yeah. Step two, starting to think about it and you know be a learner yeah. for leading. That sounds great. So one of the, one of the um, action steps I've taken for that, we, I bought a book called Gravitas. So I'm reading that at the moment. So it's almost it's almost like the the, the law of attraction, and it talks about communication leadership cool the credibility things like that so that that's really good um and the other one that i wanted to talk about was i'm not very good at putting a number on things so as you can tell last year i didn't i had goals but they were kind of they're more subjective but i want to get a little better at being objective i want to actually physically set some solid targets that i can work towards that's more of a yes or a no rather mm. than I, yeah i think i've done it um so that is again part of the process it's a goal that is part of the process of setting goals if i can get to a point where i'm setting because when i talk to you i feel that you know exactly what you want and you will have a deadline you'll have a number and you're like that's where i'm going that's what i'm working towards that may change but that is where i'm going you know exactly what you want mm. i've never been like that i've always gone Mm, okay, I kind of know which direction I want to move in, but I've never gone, right, this is the number, this is the date, this is where I'm going towards. But I need to know where I'm going and what I'm doing. I need to be clear and I need to need to have a bit more direction because without that, I'm just, you get caught up in the day-to-day -day action it's, of it's just not, ticking boxes. It's not just boxes. that. Without, without being objective enough, you allow yourself too much latitude that, yeah. to say, yeah, I've done all right. Based on what? Based yeah. on how I feel. Okay, that's good. Feeling is good. Right? Let's not discount whether you feel you're a better person and you're achieving more. But um, objective measurement has its place. And it, it allows you less wiggle room and less opportunity to escape. Yeah. Because it's very deliberate. It's got a time. It's got, it's got a value. And you either hit it or you don't by the yeah. time you set. Now, quite often people can set metric-based goals and not hit them but the direction it offers means that you get at least probability from a probability perspective you'll get closer to it mm -hmm. by having an objective goal whether you hit it or not 
is by the buyer. Yeah. But it's allowed you to direct your effort towards tracking or trending towards a number. Now, I'm not suggesting you can't hit goals because mm-hmm. absolutely, I'm, you know, I've been a sales guy for you know, 12, 15 years and it's a very metric-based role, right? Everything is about metrics, you know, you know, in terms of activities and then in terms of output, i.e., you know, money, money accrued for the business. Um, and getting used to being comfortable with audacious goals, yeah. um, sometimes you can achieve incredible things. And for the majority of my career, I've exceeded the targets people have set of me even at the beginning of the year, me thinking, fuck me, that's, that's a tall order. Like, where's yeah. that coming from? I haven't got the business in my pipe. And then it happens because you have a like this unadulterated obsession about that number. And you're like, I have to make this work for my for my job, for my safety, for my earnings, you know, for my potential, for my growth. Like, I have to make this happen. The probability of you making that happen because you have the goal is higher than if you didn't have the goal. And you just said, just have a good year. Yeah. Imagine if you managed a sales guy and said, just do do the, do your best. Do the best you can. You probably That's, will do. What yes. does that mean? <laughs> and, and, and it's exactly, and you've hit the nail on the head because it's exactly why I'm right. I need to I need to put a number on on, on yeah. things because it's too wishy-washy otherwise. Yeah. Um, so I've got, you know, that's why I want to get to a certain um, body need, weight. I want to hit certain numbers on my desk. You need to do desk. that earlier in the year, right? Just yep. get those, whatever those metrics are around your life, get them done sooner rather than later. Yeah, exactly. I've got a number for my finances that I want to hit. I've got um, a number for our business. We know how many members we want to hit. Nice. Um, it, I've kind of just putting a, a, a cap on everything so I know where I'm working towards. Love that. Um, so that in itself is the goal. Yeah. Trying to be a little bit more metric based. And there'll probably be a couple of other things in that come in throughout the year that you you care about and having that mm-hmm. that view of like, okay, I care about this, it's important to me. How can I how can I objectify it? Um and not because everything's got to be objective black and white measurement, yeah. but measurement helps as long as you can you have a healthy relationship with measurement. Like yeah. measuring your body weight is help is a healthy, productive thing if you can use it right. If you obsess about the measurement. And you don't understand how to change the measurement. Yeah, that can put you in a bad place. But if you're measuring with a knowledge that you can change that measurement because you're doing the right things repeatedly and consistently over time, I think that's really healthy. So that's that's a good one, man. Yeah, and I think the the reason these these goals are important now, I think, and I'm really taking action on these things because I'm now dad. I've got a I've got to get my shit together. Yes. And I've never been someone that's super organ unorganized or anything like that. But I just want to level up and hold myself accountable and, right. and get better year on year. Damn right, man. Love that. You? Love that. 2020 for me, what does that look like? Um, five things. First one is replenishment. And what I mean by that is, I've, I've said to you, my balance has been off and kind of said this last year, and it's probably going to be a, a common and perpetual theme in my life because uh, I, I like to go all in and stuff. It's just, it's just my mentality, but I need to improve my score unquote, as it relates to rest and recovery a little more. So I've done some things fantastically well. Actually, maybe this is a good segue into something. So, I, you know, Adapt Nation, I have created something called the Be Your Best uh, scorecard. And this scorecard is a an objective, right? So we're talking about objective. This yeah. is an objective measurement across the five to six foundations of uh, the Be Your Best journey. Mindset, nutrition, rest, exercise, physique, and, you know, holistic which is like more the general overall arching uh, view of your life and this is taking a stab at trying to objectify the subjective around your behaviors and activities as it relates to those five to six principles 
Uh, I put a lot of effort into this. Um, I feel it's not dogmatic and overly biased just in my view of the world. But yeah, there is a little bit of what I think is right based on everything I've learned. Um, anyway, long story short, it spits out five scores for those five foundations, plus gives you an overarching scorecard of how you're showing up in life. Uh, and I've done well on my own self-assessment. <laughs> um, it's up, up to 100 points. I've got 89.9. That's just shy of being in optimal. It's at the, the fringes of great. Um, but my rest is my lowest output. So my rest uh, is still in the great category, but the, it was better earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. I was sleeping more earlier in the year. I was deliberately getting more downtime. I was doing a little bit more mindfulness. I was napping a bit more frequently. I was having a few more Epsom salt baths. I was doing the things that I know are important. It's not that I'm not doing those. I'm just not doing those with the level of frequency that I know is important so I can show up and be my absolute very best. And this is, the, I think, the problem in society is that if something needs to get squeezed, it's always rest. It's always sleep. Because it seems optional. It's like, luxury if i can get more i will but hey if if the going gets tough i'll i'll squeeze the sleep a little bit i'll i'll squeeze the downtime i'll squeeze the mindfulness i'll squeeze the walking out in nature because i've got to get shit done so um next year has to be has to be a stronger priority on that because i know when i'm not rested i'm half the man as i am when i am well rested i know that i've seen it it's objective like people know can tell me like you're just you're not on it today um so I need to somehow thread that needle of like pushing hard, but also pushing hard on sleep and rest. So that's a constant battle. That's number one. Number two, more family fun. I think we've had a great year. And as I say, when we open up our jar, there's going to be incredible moments of uh, satisfaction of the year. There hasn't been enough united fun. There's been lots of happy individual moments, but not enough moments of all of us on the same page loving life mm -hmm. at the same time and um we've had holidays we've had great meals out we've you know had some great events when you know one of us has achieved something good and we all feel happy for each other we could have done more we could have done more and we will do more yeah number three the be your best uh journey the self-optimization journey this product that we've just launched needs to get traction massive traction both in terms of a viable income for the business, but also value to the individuals that consume it. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we wrap up so people understand what this product is. But traction, I mean, I am obsessed about this now. I've spent all of the last two years trying to build up my craft, like understand the space I, I live in and understand what my value is within that space. But I'm a sales guy and I have not been selling for the last two years. Like literally from December onwards, it's not a selling as in trying to like push a product. It's about understanding that shit doesn't sell itself. Nothing sells itself. Mm. Most businesses fail, not because they didn't have a great idea or even a great product. They fell because they couldn't market their business. They couldn't get people to know about it. And they just couldn't find traction. They couldn't find the right uh, um, path or the right channel to devote their marketing and sales dollars to get people engaged with their products or service. And that is critical. It's critical because if I, I've created what I think is a phenomenal, unique product, no one knows about it right yet. And no one will know about it if I don't do, do something about it. So that is massive and it starts now. Um, and then the last two, 
Uh, I've got a body goal just to just generally continue to optimize my body. Feel in good, great shape, but I'm going to con- continue to work out, you know, five, six days a week. And I'd, I'd like to stick on a couple of pounds. Now I'm getting to the point that muscle growth is going to, con- is going to continue to slide and slow down. Uh, but I'd like to stick on two to four pounds of muscle over the course of 12 months. I think that's achievable if I continue to be on point. So whilst I've achieved what I set out to achieve, I always knew that was never going to be the end. Mm. There's always more. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to be this massive kind of muscle head, like, you know, can just about move and got no function, you know, movement and functionality. But I know I could get my arms a little bit bigger. I want to get my yeah. legs a little bit bigger. So that's kind of where I'm at on that one. And then lastly, new products. So whilst all of this year has been trying to develop the one product that has just been all consuming a year and a half worth of work and just an enormous amount of energy to create the, and get the experience I wanted the users to have, what it meant was that I had some expectations to maybe kind of diversify and have a few different things, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be a book, maybe be, you know, something to do with like the cooking we've done because we've created 170 odd meals, um, whether it's other sub products to the Be Your Best journey, something like that. I want, I want to be able to devote some time to diversifying a product portfolio and starting to develop multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. So they're my five things. And I think that's enough yeah. to be kept busy with. Um, sounds like a busy 2020 for both of us, man. It does. Any, um, are they in order in terms of like priority? Um, I would say ish. I, I don't know. I haven't given it a hundred percent for, I said replenishment first, more family fun, followed by traction with the be your best self-optimization journey, put some extra muscle on and new products. You know what? Probably. Yeah, probably. I think it's, Rest and family time is incredibly important. It sounded to me when you were saying that that sounds like that's the top of your priority list. Yeah, I think they naturally came out of my head in that order. Yeah. But they're probably about that priority. Yeah. Cool, man. Right. So got we we've gone about an hour into this conversation. We've reflected on our twenty nineteen. It's been an honest, uh, vulnerable conversation mm-hmm. to some degree. We've got a clear view of what 2020 needs to look like for us, for us to be satisfied with the progress we're making as individuals. I love, love that. And I hope the people that are listening are, um, you're not going to have the same goals as us, but hopefully you start, you're starting to think about where your 2020 is going to look like mm. and what's your guiding star. What are the things that are important to you? Hey, you don't have to have a, a well-defined plan per se, but put some effort in today towards defining that. And then tomorrow, put some action towards achieving it because they ain't going to achieve themselves. You do need to put one foot in front of the other, yeah. one step at a time. But I did want to spend the last little bit on this conversation just putting a little bit more flesh on the bone as to what it is that I've created. It's important that you guys know about it. I've invested so much time on it, and I think it genuinely can help. So I'm going to go about monologuing for a little, uh, but hopefully it makes sense. And Bryn, maybe you can kind of interrupt me and yeah. just kind of point in the right direction. Yeah. So what is it that I've created? So Let's start with the problem statement. The problem statement is, I believe that, you know, we're we're in a world where we have an unlimited amount of information. Information is more free and more available than any time in human history. We cannot moan about the fact we don't know what to do because you can Google about anything or everything. You can get an answer, but you can also get a thousand answers. And it's unlikely that all a thousand answers to your one question are the same And in some cases, they're pretty contradictory. So I believe we're in a world which will continue to push more confusion and increase lack of certainty. Because 
now there are a million answers to the same question. Yeah. Which is the right one? So we're battling with confusion. I think we're battling with mental health. I mean, that's definitely been a theme of 2019, hasn't it? And I think it will continue to trend. Mm-hmm. As there's a 2019 um, report on happiness um, that was done globally, and it, it was able to objectify the, 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 the feeling of happiness, and it's trending down. So as they re- do this year on year, the happiness in Western cultures is dropping. And yet we have more opportunity. We have more money, more people, more middle class than ever before. We've got access to more food than ever before. We're very safe. Um, what gives? Why, yeah. why are we less happy now that we, now we have more opportunity than when we had less? And that's an important question. Disease is on the rise, right? Disease, Western disease, lifestyle diseases are on the rise, whether it be cancer. That just seems to be taking over so many people's lives at an increasing alarming rate, whether it be mental-based issues, whether it be Alzheimer's and stuff, which is increasing, whether it be diabetes. You, I know, on your website, you set up by 400%? Well, that's specifically diabetes. So diabetes has increased 400% in the last 40 years. Wow. And 422 million people are diagnosed mm-hmm. with diabetes. And there's a lot of people that are pre-diabetes yeah. or, or just haven't been diagnosed. Yeah. It is a major issue. I won't get into the details why, but that is a major issue. And it's crippling people's lives mentally and physically and emotionally. Um, and then obesity, right? We know we have an overweight problem, generally speaking, right? 1.9 billion people in the world are considered overweight. We've got 7.5 billion or thereabouts people in the world. 1.9 billion are overweight. And uh, uh, the numbers uh, escape me, but it's at least 650 million of that mm. are obese how we are the only animal on the planet that suffers with obesity mm. yet we have more we and yet we're malnourished yeah it, we've spoken about this before it is it is a paradox it is mentally confusing to think about how we can have so much opportunity to thrive and we have thrived according to my built in the conversation yeah. last uh, last week yet we are struggling with being overweight um i also think we're faithless so Science has favoured religion, and that's fantastic because there is so much dogma and basically um, story-based myths that has gui- have guided human behaviour, and they've been there for a reason. You know, whether it be Christianity or Judaism or you know um, the Quran, is has guided people towards being the people that the society wants to create. What is good and what is bad is the the book of goodness, right? And I get that. I can understand why religion has been the the guiding star for most of civilization across the various cultures all around the world. But as science has been able to answer the questions more explicitly, and there's been freedom for people to become atheists, or at least agnostic, we're moving to a world now, especially in the bigger Western cultures, where people are ridding themselves of the dogma of religion, and they're be, they're, they're got freedom to make their own choices. And that's great. But there's a problem. Because now you don't have your guidebook for life. Now you don't have the direction in which one, how to be good, two, how to manage your mood, three, you know, what to eat, four, how to move like you're we're, we've got less and less either imposed rules or guidelines. 
mm. and we're trying to make it all up for ourselves. It's like as if we're reinventing the wheel as individuals with every newborn person because we don't have that guidebook anymore. We don't have that instruction manual. And religion provided that. Whether it was right or wrong, whether some of the dogma was bullshit or not, it doesn't matter. The reality is there was at least some direction. Read it, work it out, yep. follow it. Um, and then I think lastly, I think we're being, there's a lot of judgment and there's a lot of uh, trying to keep up with the status quo. Um, and people feel that they need to act a certain way just to be liked, accepted, whether it be things you say or the values that you have or the decisions you make, um, the way you lead your life. And I think that leads to a level of overwhelm. There's just so much we should be doing, but we don't know how to do it. Yep. And people are judging us whether we do it or don't. You know, And it, I can understand it's, it's a tricky space that I think a lot of people find themselves in. And what does that mean? It means that you know we are being bombarded with misinformation and misdirection. Now more than ever before, I feel there's just so much snake oil. Across anything and everything, there is so much personal agenda or industry agenda or religion mm -hmm. agenda or culture, uh, uh, government agenda as to what we should hear and how we should behave and how we should think. Maybe it hasn't ever changed, but if I, it is becoming very obvious to me there's a lot of misdirection you've got to realize that you are not the priority as well. They are, that the government's priorities are not, not you as an individual. It's, it's GDP. GDP. It's GDP. Yeah. Ultimately, it's GDP and uh, power. It's power, right? It's ultimately power across the globe. Like how much power do we have to influence import, export, decisions we can make globally, and the financial viability of a country? That's primarily the goals in which direct all the politics. And then you get all the sub-layers underneath. And some people believe that politics is all about the people. It isn't. It really isn't. It's not about you, the individual. It might be about groups of individuals, subcultures, but it's not you, the individual. It's not about you thriving, you being optimally capable of living your best life. It just isn't built that way. So how do you get that? Well, yeah. you're going to have to go seek that out yourself. You can't rely on government guidance to tell you how to lead your life well and happy. And look, I think we're in this humdrum of life, this rat race. You know, we've been talking about that for ages, right? You know, it, everyone feels it at times and unfortunately it can feel directionless. Sometimes it can feel like we are without purpose and every day feels like this, the, the prior one. Every week feels like a repeat. Every year feels yep. like a repeat. Um, what's missing? What's preventing you to have a level of consistency in life? Because we do need consistency. We need it yet feel like you're making progress. So that, that for me, I feel like that's the that's the frame of the problem. And then you'll probably like scream and just go, like, where the fuck to start? Where, but, where, where do I start? And that that's where I feel like for someone like me, I can get very lost in, in where do I start? What direction do I take? Like we touched on with me not putting, putting certain um, numbers on things. I can be a little bit uh, lost in terms of direction. And this is you because you're very good at taking things and systematizing it and putting it in, 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 in its place. And going, look, I can help guide you, someone like me, if you are confused in these very uh, subjective matters, and I can make them a little bit more objective and give you a little bit more guide and a little bit more direction with these topics that are quite confusing. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean... I can see how, because I've been there, when there is so much to work out in life, 
Like, you know, we're, work, work's already taken up a lot of time. Family's already taken up a lot of time. You might not be doing either optimally well, but they consume most of your life. Mm. Then you've got all the other stuff that is the fabric of being human. The right nourishment, the right movement, the right level of rest, the right level of mental energy and mindset and growth mindset, the right physique that means that you're disease-free or you know managing disease well. It's confusing and it's difficult. And I can understand why people look at that and go, what the hell? Like, it's, I'm so far away from being optimal. Yeah. You know, Steve talks about self-optimization. I get it. I, I, I'm curious about some of the things he talks about. I'm so far away from being optimized. This just feels like a pipe dream. And I get that. And I just want you to know that, you know, for me, um, this isn't a kind of self-obsession. There is a deep-rooted purpose in everything that I do, which is to say, life's complex. And hey, I'm not the first person to ask some of the questions I ask of myself and as, as of life. And the Bible and various other, you know, relig- religious texts is an expression of human curiosity that outputs as a set of guidance, like how to live life. And then there's been, you know, um, great leaders and scientists that have asked great questions, been ridiculed for their thoughts. Now it's the status quo, whether it be, you know, Darwin, whether it be Pythagoras, whether it be some, you know, people talking about, you know, not have not living on a flat earth. Like people come up with these questions and they answer, get answers. And we've had it throughout human history. However, what I'm trying to do in this faithless world that we're living in and the complex, confusing world is I'm trying to codify for myself and for my family, what does it take to be great? Not the greatest, not the best, but my best. What does it take to be your best? And thrive as a human being where you've got every you know, every leg of the stool as solid as possible. So then you can build on that a business, build on that a career, build on that a family, build on that relationships. But first and foremost, you need to know you're showing up and being your best. And that is what I've been obsessed about in understanding how I can be my best, how my kids can be their best, how my wife can be her best, and in turn, how you, the listeners, can be your best. And I do that through the podcast, through the journaling, through the articles, through the social media stuff. But you need a sequence. You need a curriculum. You need a, a structure. You know, people don't have, these are the things that people lack. They lack time, right? We've spoken about it. Time compression is a real thing. People don't have enough time to build their own curriculum, come up with their own ideas of what needs to be learned. Go through the learning I've been going through. I've obsessed about this for years. I've listened to things that make no sense so many times that I've then been able to understand what does make sense. I've correlated and you know brought together with these ideas to create a, a meshed view of the world. And that's complicated and it takes a lot of time. Dozens and dozens of uh, you know books through to thousands of podcasts through to just curious conversation with brilliant minds to try and stitch it all together and understand what stuff is real, what stuff isn't, you know, sort out the wheat from the chaff and really come up with the essence of what it takes to be great. And I think the second challenge you have is retention. You know, you can read stuff all day long, Bryn, but how much of that are you going to retain? Because it wasn't written well, it was shoved into your inbox without control. Um, You just shift, you shifted on, 
quickly. It wasn't elaborated. Perhaps it didn't hit the multiple media points. You read it, but you didn't listen to it, or you listened to it, but you didn't read it. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you bring it together so you can retain information yeah. that's important for you? There's ways of learning. There's ways of learning. And then lastly, space, right? We need the space, not just the time. We need the mental space to be able to explore ideas. So with those restraints, I think we need a guidebook. I think we need a sequence of understanding the things that are important to us. I think we need quick and powerful insights, but can also be double clicked into whether you're curious or it's an area that is important to you for, for, for depth. So you need quickness and depth. You need structure, you need sequencing, you need, you, you need a kind of, um, you need to be kept to some timescale, right? This is a journey that you're going to take over a, a finite period of time with objective measurements. What do I mean by objective? We've already spoken about it, the scorecard, right? That for me was, where are you today? Honestly, not what do you know and what do you know is right and what did you do last year? No, what are you doing today? Fuck what you know. Fuck what you think you should do. What are you doing today? Over the last week, how much are you sleeping? You know, I, I, there's loads of questions. You've gone through the scorecard, right? What? Yep. How are you showing up? Be honest with yourself. That's step one. Understand where you're at. And then when you understand where you're at, the decision is then on you to say, is there a cost of doing nothing? I believe there's a huge cost of doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yep. You've invested in yourself significantly over this year. You've invested time, money, and energy in educating yourself when others wouldn't. And you've done it because you've understood the need to grow and develop and develop your thinking, develop your skill set. The cost of doing nothing is more confusion, more manipulation, more uncertainty, more throwing mud at the wall and seeing what sticks when it comes to physique or coming through nutrition or you know, how you exercise optimally for your goals or just how you manage your mindset. Throwing, I, I, I don't believe it's a particularly good strategy to just play life by chance and seeing what sticks. I'd rather you know what does sticks, then you've got certainty around actions you take and more importantly, the outcomes that you want to achieve. And that for me is the solution. The be your best journey is about exactly what I've just said. It's about structuring information to you over a course of 100 days via inbox, a message per day, which will have anywhere between three to five segments across these six pillars of holistic mindset, nutrition, exercise, and physique and rest. So every day you're going to get an email that you've solicited, you've asked for it, you've paid for it, that has been labored over to such a degree to make sure it's powerful and insightful with links to a podcast discussion of the same thing or an article of the same thing or a third party resource or a link to some of the foods that we've created or some of the workouts we've created, depending on what the subject is. And we cover 350 odd subjects across these six pillars from the basics and it's all sequenced perfectly. So you you start with the basics. It might start slow for some people more than others, but we want to get the foundation just like you would with people coming into the gym and then layer on that foundation yeah. more and more and more knowledge. So you get to the end of the 100 days, you reset your test, your scorecard, your self-assessment. My hope is if you've committed to this, you'll see a marked difference in how you show up on those individual elements and how you show up in totality. What is your be your best score? And it's completely automated. 
a, a couple of packages which offer my time in a kind of consultative manner for you. So there's some level of human engagement, but for the most part, it's freedom. It's you get after this in your own space and time. It's self-timed and self-regulated. So if you need to take a holiday or life gets busy, the emails stop and then it restarts when you're ready. And the emails are structured beautifully. They're aesthetic. They're easy to engage with. Um, and they have level of depth when you need it. But you can get through it in just a couple of minutes if you just want to just read it quickly on the train in. And then maybe you put something into your podcast queue to listen to goes for a deeper dive or there's an article you're going to read or there's a book I've recommended. I think, I, I'm telling you this now, Brent, this is what I need. Mm. This is what, this is the culmination of everything I've learned and I've obsessed about all my life. This is what I needed at 15. And, th- and this is what you've created. Your mind works this way. My mind does not work this way, which is why I need it even more. So I need need that structure and secrecy. Um, so I did your scorecard. The three areas for me that were lacking were mindset, rest, and physique. Nutrition um, and my training were fine. And I know that. And I know those are the two areas that I'm very good at and I prioritize. I do it for a job. Yeah. But I pull back and I squeeze, like you said earlier, out of rest. Um, that's probably having a negative effect on my mindset. And those two are definitely having a negative effect or holding me back from my true potential with my physique. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where you can help me with that because I have many methods and there's a lot of information out there. But I need to systematize and declutter and get a sequence and an order in how I improve those three areas in my life. And, and Bruin, man, I mean, when, when people talk about mindset, you think, well, how much is there to really talk about? Just, you know, have a positive mindset. No, there is so much. There, there are so many. You read books, you yeah. know, either read books or you see something powerful on a, on, a, on a movie or you hear, say, you hear someone see, put something up on social media and it moves you. Like, yes, it seems simple, but the mind is highly complex. And I've devote over 80 days of the 100 to mindset. Now, as I say, there's three to five segments per day. So we're going to be talking about other stuff too. But mindset is a very strong feature. And there are so many aspects of how we think and just powerful uh, questions to ask yourself that can really have you think about how your brain operates and how you interact with the world differently. So it's a very strong focus. Um, Yeah, I, I feel that this is, yes, it's me codifying what I believe is healthy, what I believe is right. Um, But it's so much more than, you know, how do I want to say this? If you wouldn't be able to search for this right now, because people aren't searching for this, this is a this is a product that isn't in people's uh, radar. And that's for me is an expression of whether you've got a good idea, you need an idea where people will scorn it. Because they go, well, you know, I'm not conditioned to like that. The product, there isn't millions of those products today. The, the, the market hasn't confirmed that the, the world needs this. But that's exactly why it, the world needs this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because how many, how many weight loss programs are there? How many, you know, 60-day nutrition plans are there? Like that, You can go and buy a dozen of those online. If you write weight loss program online, you'll find a ton of them. But you know what? Weight loss, when we talk just about nutrition and a bit of exercise, isn't enough for your goal of weight loss. 
because we need to get your shit together with your mind. We need yeah. to get your shit together with your rest. So if weight loss is your only goal, this is a better strategy because we're going to approach you holistically, not just with the sole purpose of losing body fat. And on that journey, you're going to understand how to do that for the rest of your life, which is in its own right powerful. But on that journey, you're going to understand how to be your best mentally as well. And you can't search for that. You won't find that online. This product does not exist today, not from what I've seen. And it needs to exist because I think we do need a guidebook for life. I do think we need an instruction manual in the absence of religion. And religion never really spoke about optimizing. It spoke about how to be good, right? There's a big difference. I don't want to just be good and live within the rules of society. I want to be optimal so I can achieve my greatest and I can deliver the most value to the world in the finite period of time I'm here. And to do that, you need to know you're firing on all cylinders across all the, I feel, the foundations of you know human performance. But what this isn't, this isn't a relationship guide. This isn't focused on business and entrepreneurship. Those things are on you. This is focused exclusively on the mind and how you think, on how you rest and recover and replenish your body, on how you move with purpose and exercise with intent, how you eat for nourishment, and for thriving, and how you develop a physique that is disease-free and looks amazing. On top of that, you layer on other aspects of your life. There is a holistic element, so we do talk about relationships. We do talk about the things that hold your life together through habits and rituals and structure and other things to think about. But these are but, the key foundations. But this is not we. I'm not. We are not leaning in on relationships. We are not leaning in on on entrepreneurialism business or finance because hey this it's already complex enough <laughs> yeah so that that's it in a nutshell i know i've spent a bit of time on kind of framing it and explaining it but i'm so passionate about this because mm -hmm. i believe that if you gifted this to me when i was 15 when i had no answers to anything and i was just working out for myself wow wow just just to give I, you a bit of guidance i could i could imagine just a, a completely different trajectory i'd be on now and i'm happy with my life now through the mistakes and learnings I've taken, but you can do that, or you can think about would you would you want to reinvent the wheel in 2020? Do you want to reinvent the wheel, or do you accept that the wheel's invented, and we have cars and now high performance cars and now hybrid cars and more efficient cars? Do you want to try and create your own wheel and then your own car and all of that in 2020, or do you just want to stand on the uh, on the shoulders of giants and then layer on top of that your own learning, your own development? and be your best. And if that's what you want, then this is, I think, a credible, valuable, and powerful thing to add in your life. It won't make things happen for you. You still have to do all the fucking work. But it's a structure and a sequence that I'm really proud of. You got any, you, you've got any questions on that? I, I'm just, so I'm just looking forward to seeing how this, how this flourishes in 2020. I know you've been working on something. It's been under wraps for some time. Mm. I had some idea, but you've been quite vague. Yeah. So this is, for you guys listening, the most I've I've heard about the product. I've obviously been to the website. Um, I've done my scorecard. I've I had a read. And um, I have to say I'm very impressed. It's It sounds great. And it's it's definitely, from my perspective as a coach, something that's missing because... Again, I'm in a gym. I'm very good at the uh, diet and the training. But 
and we touch on some other things, but we don't go much beyond that. You just don't have you don't have the time with your clients, do you? No. And you're also not an expert on all these other things to really allow to be a you know psychologist and a counselor and really dig into stuff and have the space and time to be able to get them to be honest with themselves. You just can't achieve that in an hour session. No. And that and that's it. So and and, and for me personally as well, my mindset, I know my mindset holds me back. It's one of the areas, and that showed up on the scorecard. But I don't know where to turn when it comes to mind. I don't know of any good resources or anywhere that's going to help guide me when it comes to mindset. So this, for me, if there's some guidance there, is is going to be is there is man is there is and, and it isn't just my thinking, right? I'm I am standing on the shoulders of giants, right? My research has been the culmination of other people's research. So expect this to be a all, all my own words, but I am referencing the greatness of others. And I am referencing other people's books or other people's talks, which I think are just phenomenal. Why try and repeat that and bastardize it when you should just go read their book? Because yeah. it is truly powerful and it's changed my life. So yeah, just think about it as as all of that. And it's like your reading list. It's your podcast podcast list of things to listen to it is directing your education over the next 100 days so you can go from whatever your score is to near as 100 percent in 100 days i'm really excited about it man so by sorry by what i'm hearing this is for any age any gender this is not specifically targeted to anyone no i i would i would say i put a limitation as uh, uh, over 16 and the only reason for that is there is a couple of profanities mm-hmm. here and there as you probably could tell given yeah. my personality um, and I'm just trying to be responsible enough to say, like, we're talking about physique, and with, and there's a couple of mentions about sex, and you know, there's things that you know I don't necessarily want to be having that conversation with a 12 year old. Yeah. Right. So there is a there, there is an imposed age limitation which I can't control or regulate, but I'm suggesting should be over 16. Um, and obviously, you need to pay for it. So someone needs to pay with. And the beautiful thing with this, by the way, is that you can buy it for yourself or you can gift it. So mm-hmm. if you go on the website, you can give the most phenomenal gift to a loved one, a friend, a partner, give them an opportunity for growth in 2020. Let this be their New Year's resolution. Let this be their guide to fulfilling their potential. Now, I'm not saying by the end of 2020, people are just going to be all rock stars. You're going to be on the journey. You're going to be fat. You're going to be grounded on a level of knowledge that you just haven't seen before. And I know this is an amazing gift. I'm already intending to gift this to a few people in my life that need it. You know, I'm not going to be asking for money. I, I, I will be gifting this mm-hmm. to the people that really need it. And I ask you to think about who in your life can you you give this to. Mm-hmm. Cool. Sounds great. Lovely. Well, Bryn, thank you for allowing me to kind of put this out there because it was important for me that there was a platform to talk about you know, the work I've been doing. Thank you for being really honest with me today and talking about your successes and failures of 2019. And I'm so encouraged by it what you intend to achieve in 2020 because you've done so much this year man and guys for everyone listening merry christmas i hope you had a fantastic 2019 i hope you've had an opportunity or will have an opportunity to reflect on how good it was and some of the things you need to focus on or reevaluate and i hope it's given you encouragement to really look at nailing 2020 and be in your best. And whether that's with us helping you do that just through listening to the podcast and continue to listen to the free resources or buying the Be Your Best program, however you do it, I wish you the very best in 2020. And thank you for being fans. Thank you for helping us make this what it is. And uh, I look forward to working with you and getting your ideas and making Adam Nation 
a better business, a more valuable business and changing people's lives as we move into the next year. So happy new year, guys. We'll speak to you in 2020. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's 2019 done and dusted for me. I'm going to go and hang up my hat, hang up my mic and enjoy the next few days with my family. I hope you do the same, guys. And as I mentioned at the beginning, if you want to go check out the Be Your Best scorecard, the Be Your Best journey, you can get through to it at adaptnation.io. It's pretty obvious, but I will also link in the show notes as to where to find more information. And if you're in the mood and you want to sign up for the Be Your Best journey, then there is a coupon code that you can use. Again, I'll put it into the show notes so you can copy and paste it exactly. Here's to an amazing 2020. Now, enjoy your food, enjoy your time with your family, and I'll catch up with you in the next week or so. If you enjoy this show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might enjoy the show. Feel free to get in touch with us via our website, adaptnation.io, or your favorite social media channel. This has been Adapt Nation. Till next time, thanks for listening.